everyone and welcome back to Football Autorka. This is a little bit of a special episode, given that it's our 10th episode. Nothing more special than that, is there? Um, well, thank you to uh, joining us once again for Match Day 29 coverage. Uh, no Turkish Cup or anything, any distractions, no national team game. So I would like to welcome my co-host Burak Sizgin and Uzer Dinja returning. The original band is back together without any uh, extra limbs this week. Yes, yes, yes. It's good to be back. Good to have um, Aussie back again. I know that last week's was a derby, so we had a quite a lot of discussion. A little bit, look, got a little bit intense as well. Um, but hopefully, this week should be a little bit less intense. Apart from when I discussed the absolute dog shit show, which is Fenerbahce right now. <laughs> that was one of the more one-sided games of the weekend for sure. Uh, but uh, and now, how, how was your weekend, Aussie? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. A nice relaxing uh, Easter break. Uh, Arsenal uh, game. Well, nice relaxing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, relaxing for me, I suppose, having uh, having seen Galatasaray get the three points. Yeah, like, for sure. Could have been very and different not, and for, not, uh, not just for that. The teams. Not just that. Yeah. Not uh, just what about that. what about you, Burak? Apart from uh, having to sit through <laughs> another ninety minutes of uh, an uh, underwhelming Fenerbahce performance, uh, did you uh, were you up to anything special otherwise? Uh, I had a lot of friends around, so I had friends around on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Each time FIFA was played, I was defeated because I was just in, <laughs> in a bad mood. Um, there was barbecues, there was shisha nagle, Turkish style. Although, I um, just realised I didn't make anyone any Turkish tea the whole time, so I might have to um, rectify that and get them back over. Oh, I actually did my fair share of barbecuing this, uh, this weekend as well. I forgot about that already. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, so I still have leftover köfte in the fridge, so I'll be eating that for the next few days. But oh. I'm not complaining. Envy, oh. envy you. Um, okay, well, uh, let's uh, let's get started. Let's talk some football now. Uh, match day 29. The title race is heating up. Something we didn't really expect a couple of weeks ago. But let's start with the beginning. That's on Friday when Kasim Pasha squared off with Bursaspor. This is more, of course, a relegation match. Um, Kasim Pasha holding Bursa Sport to a draw here. Kasim Pasha, although taking the lead in the 60th minute through who else but Mahmoud Trezeguet, basically the only one left standing in the second half of the season, the only man who's really getting anything done for them. Um, and then Aitach Kara equalizing from the penalty spot in the 81st minute. Bursa, again, no victory, but get a point. And bit by bit, maybe crawling their way out of that relegation zone, although they, they just need, at this point, they just need a win. Um, but no victory for Bursa Spor, no victory for Samet Aibaba, Kasem Pasha continue to underwhelm in the second half of the season, guys. Uh, Burak, I'm going to throw to you first. Do you think Bursa are going to get out of this ditch? I think they're going to stay up, yeah. I think the, the three that are going to go down are the current three that are 16th, 17th and 18th. So Arzurum, Gostepe and Akisar. Just because Gostepe have just taken a complete nosedive with their form. They can't seem to fight their way out of a paper, wet paper bag right now. Um, I think Bursa, um, I just think they just got a little, little bit more character about them. Um, when I see them play compared to when I see Gostepe play, Bursa have always got some kind of attacking threat. You kind of feel that they can make something happen in their games, whereas Gostepe just look completely deflated. And, you know, I'm going to say it again, it's the, the Cameron-Jerome effect. 
Yeah, I think Bursaspor will be disappointed maybe not to get to win here because Ozzy, they were kind of more the lively side. Uh, and, and, and if you compare it to Gustepe like Burak just did, you do see a big difference where Bursaspor have a lot more ability to express their forward intent, I think, although the end product isn't there at the moment. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Bursaspor uh, really giving it everything they can in the last few games. They've really shown an impressive improvement. Although they haven't been winning, you can see that the performance is improving a lot. And really, the same can't be said for Gustave. If anything, they're going the opposite way. They look pretty much dead um, out there. and it's, it's, it's quite sad to watch, really. Yeah, arguably the worst team. I think even statistically, that there's no doubting it. They're, they're the worst team in the second half of the season. And that's not yeah. just statistically. You can see it on the pitch, too. There's just so little belief in them. But we'll get to Gustepe a little bit later. Um, anything left to add to this match, gentlemen? Or shall we move on to Saturday results? I just want to say that the, the, the penalty um, that yeah. was given... Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that was that was that was a correct call because I know it wasn't given. It yeah, went it to VAR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you can clearly see the ball goes. It leaves the player's foot. The goalkeeper's hand comes in and grabs yeah. his foot and brings him down. And it was um, either clever by the player to knock the ball away to draw in uh, that challenge from the goalkeeper, or it was just bad, bad goalkeeping. You yeah. can say, but. You know, VAR comes in and gives a correct decision, which is what we want VAR to do for us. There were a few contentious decisions, you know, in other games, which we'll get to, but I don't think either side can have a complaint about the the penalty. No, fully yeah, agree. With that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice paying attention by the baby because I just glossed over that. So uh, thank you very much for pointing that out. I didn't add it to my notes. I should have really. Uh, Saturday results then starting off with Trabzonspor against Malatyaspor. Trabzonspor continue their winning ways and they beat Malatyaspor 2-1 at home despite the fact that they went 1-0 down after just 22 minutes when Umer Shishmanolo opened the scoring for the visitors. But who else but Antoni Wakaeme got on the score sheet once again at the 31st minute equalizing for Trabzonspor and it was Wakaeme again who would provide Hugo Rodallega with the assist for the 2-1 winner in the 79th minute that came three minutes after former Trabzonspor player Mustafa Akbash, who currently plays for Latiaspor, of course, got sent off. He got two yellow cards in the time span of six minutes in the 70th and in the 76th minute, so three minutes before the Trabzon goal. But honestly, uh, throughout, Trabzonspor was pounding on the door. Nwakaeme really stole the show, got a goal, got an assist, and uh, throughout the match was, was just unavoidable for them and, and he continues to impress guys. Uzar, is he someone you'd like to see um, at, at Galatasaray maybe next season if, if Onyokura leaves, for example? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, I actually, yeah, I've been very impressed with Nakaeme at the start, since the start of the year. He's been one of the revelations of the Super League. Uh, I think this has scored his 10th goal now. Um, although I, I, I am weary of picking up flash players from... Um, from some of the Turkish clubs just after having performed well for six months. Um, so I don't know if he's exactly the kind of player I want to see at Galatasaray, but I certainly think he's more ready uh, and he's more a complete package than Onyokura is right now. So as a swap, I'd take I'd take uh, Nokayama for sure. Um, and it looks like Trabzonspor have adjusted reasonably well to life after Burak Yilmaz as well, mostly thanks to Nokayama, but it's good that the team hasn't uh, has been able to kind of adjust and adapt uh, in his absence. Yeah. 
Yeah, they have different sources of goals now. Hugo Rodriguez obviously isn't the same caliber of striker, but he gets a goal. He gets on the score sheet. Uh, although he had been dry for uh, standing dry for a couple of weeks there, but Nakayama definitely inspires them a lot, and they have a lot of fun uh, offensive players with Abdul Kadir Parmak, Abdul Kadir Amur, uh, and of course uh, Yusuf Yazidji, Jose Sosa. If plenty of, of offensive qualities, they should be scoring, creating chances. Uh, that's definitely not one of their issues. I think for years now, their main issue kind of has been defensively um, and the organization defensively. That's the thing. That's something that's been keeping them back. Um, but yeah, uh, the thing about Nakayama, though, he might be a revelation for most people in Turkey. But really, he's been building this career for several years now. Uh, he's been consistently performing the last couple of years of his career, and um, I remember when Besiktas were playing Beersheba in the league, uh, in, the, in the Europa League. I spoke to an Israeli journalist uh, about uh, Beersheba, and Noakayema was a big part of that team back then, and he was full of praise of him even back then. This is several years ago, um, so Noakayema really has been coming. I mean, it's not just a six-month wonder. He has been building at this. He's not just having a great stint uh, this yeah he, he's got something more i think he's, he's obviously he's older than onyakuru um but i think he's proving now at Trabzonspor that he could uh prove valuable for for any turkish team i think i i i, I wouldn't um i wouldn't shy away from picking him up i think Besiktas, for example can use a, a winger in in the in the transfer period i don't think that Trabzon will be willing to sell but I definitely wouldn't uh, say no to him. What about you, Burak Nwakayeme? Would you take him at Fenerbahce? And what was your overall opinion on this match? I'd take him because he looks like he can play uh, right now. I mean, ask ask him. He's like, um, having seen the absolute shit show that we put on in midfield for the last two games, he he is someone I would take. But I'd like to echo Aussie's uh, trepidation by saying. It's all right, someone playing well, but there's always a risk when they come to a, a bigger club like one of the big Istanbul three. Are they going to be able to perform? Are they going to be able to reproduce that form on the pitch when they come to a club where there's more expected of you? But he looks like a real lively firecracker. Like I said, he had another, another great game had by him, a goal, assist. He looked like a threat all game. Um, I know they're playing Malatya, but... No, these are the teams that you need to perform against and you know, maybe put yourself in a shop window, but like he's he's having a great time at, at Trabzon and you can't can't deny that he's a joy to watch when he's on the pitch just because of his, his energy that he brings. Um again, I think there there was a penalty decision that Trabzon Sport were maybe expecting when Rodriguez's hand was was pulled. But to me, uh, the hand was grabbed outside of the penalty era. And he was on side beforehand as well, but for me that wasn't a not strong enough to be a penalty. But we've we've seen some crazy penalties given this weekend, which we'll which we'll get into. And apart from that, I think it was um, a deserved win for Trabzon. Um, Malatya scored. It was a great goal by um, Ahmad um, initially. Um, it was a great header. Um, but Trabzon, like you say, they were pounding on the door with their offensive play, and I think they were deserving of the 2-1 victory in the end. Have I told you my Omar Shishmanol anecdote before? I, I don't think no, you have, let's but hear it. Let's, let's, hear let's hear it. it. Let's hear it. You know. 
Story time. It's not actually an Umar Shishmanolo anecdote. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, basis were playing um, were playing Tottenham in uh, the Europa League, and I managed to uh, get some VIP tickets uh, through one of the players. And uh, I went uh, well with, with my girlfriend, then with my good friend Volkan. We went to the game at White Hart Lane, uh, and we were sitting in the stands in the VIP section. Uh, from the Bishesh VIP section, and uh, we're, we're looking to our left, and we're like, that guy looks a lot like Umar Shishman. Oh, who the... Is that Umar Shishman? It has to be him. Turned out it was his brother, uh, who apparently got uh, tickets uh, from uh, Umar uh, to go to this match, because Umar was still under contract with Bishesh at the time. I think he was out on loan uh, at Kaiser or something. I don't remember exactly, but uh, yeah, looked like two drops of water, just like uh, Umar Shishmanolo. <laughs> so he has an identical twin. I think it might. Well. Yeah, I think it was oh. his twin. I'm not 100 percent sure. It might have just been a younger or an older brother, but he looked exactly like him. Um, so yeah, sometimes you don't need to be a twin to look a lot like your sibling, mm, of I course. I suppose so. Yeah. Um, question though: uh, red card for Mustafa Agbaj, guys. Uh, two yellow cards in time span of six minutes, 70th and 76th minute. Uh, were both correct in your opinion? I thought the second one might have been a little bit harsh. I couldn't see yeah. too much contact there mm-hmm. to, to warrant a, a second yellow. What are you doing? Um, right? Yeah, there wasn't. I was there wasn't much contact. I agree with Ozzy, but he did cut off the offensive run of Abdulkader there. So I think the the ref thought, well, eh, yeah, I'm going to send you off, sunshine. Um, <laughs> so deserved, I think. Even though there was very little, if any, contact, there was enough kind of movement made to, to trip up Abgultadi to prevent him from going and continuing his offensive run where you know he probably would have either crossed it in or produced some kind of offensive threat so yeah you can't be doing that, doing that especially when you're already on a yellow card so I think he deserved to be sent off with a second yellow Okay, deserved win for Trabzonspor. Another three points in the bag, and they continue to breathe down Besiktas's neck uh, in the top four. And we've said it for a couple of weeks; they they've secured that fourth position, and they're looking up at this point. So it's very positive for their second half of the season for sure. Next up, Akisar. Sorry, I'm worried. Oh, sorry, short jumping. They've won their last five games, and they come to Kadukoe next weekend as well. So <laughs> I'm already preparing my my prayer beads and my prayer. Whatever you call it, <laughs> hope for a result. Oh, I wasn't even aware of that actually. I knew they still played you guys, but I wasn't really thinking much. I'm, you know, I'm looking up too. Um, anyway, moving over to the next one, Akisar against Antalya Spor. Another one of those last grasp chances for Akisar, who really already kind of gave it away last week when they didn't manage to beat uh, Erzurum. Um, but Akisar losing at home this time to Antalya Spor, one to two, and. Uh, yeah, this time it wasn't a, a late uh, turnaround. It was pretty clear from the get-go. After just seven minutes, Mevlut Erdinj opened the scoring, uh, made it 1-0. And then in the 40th minute, he made it 2-0. Two of those were really nice striker goals, I thought. The first one was assisted by uh, Adisi Soko, really good cross. Second one assisted by Nazim Sangare. Uh, simple low cross at the near post where Erdinj popped up like a, a proper uh, semi shinturk esque striker. Then Helder Barboza managed to pull one back in the second half. Uh, for Akisar in the 58 minute but it wasn't to be a little bit more offensive uh, prowess from Akisar in the second half but all in all just not good enough to get something out of this match and they looked really good just two weeks ago I think when they they came away at Gustepe with a win if I'm not mistaken and then 
uh, just two weeks later, it's, it looks done and dusted for them after uh, losing that uh, relegation dogfight to Erzurumspor. And uh, it looks like the cup winners uh, and, and, and the Super Cup winners of this season and perhaps even the, the finalists in the Turkish Cup, uh, and who knows, it looks like they're going to be in uh, the second division next season, guys. Uzer, what did you think of uh, this match? Were you impressed with Antalya Spor? And uh, how do you think Bulent Korkmaz is doing there? Yeah, I think he's doing pretty well. We've we spoken about this uh, two or three episodes ago about Bulent's work at Antalya Spor. Uh, and they play some they play some nice, confident, fast-flowing football. Uh, Nazim Sangare has been one of the top top players this season. Uh, and his assist is a kind of low-flying cross that like you mentioned, but the build-up to that assist was, was brilliant. He made a real darting run down that right wing. Um, and I think the addition of Mevlut Erdinch has been, has been uh, great for them as well. He scored twice today. He scored once last week. Um, goalkeeper Bofan has made some brilliant saves again. Uh, this weekend against Akisar. So I think slowly, slowly they've, they've got some nice key players in, in key positions. So they're um, they're playing some interesting football. Although, having said that, they are up against Akisar, who are rock bottom in the league. So it, the performance might have flattered them somewhat. Um, but overall, I think Antalya can be quite pleased with uh, with how the season is progressing. We're using Burak. Uh, they shot their last chances out the window. Akisar. I think they have here. They didn't play too badly as well against Antalya. They had quite a good few chances to score. But like Ozzy mentioned, Bofan again just pulled off some great saves. Um, pulled off a great save when they were 2-1 um, ahead. I think it was they saved a header that Bofan saved. Uh, right at the end, Akisar had a good chance to pull it level where I forget who it was. So I'm putting a quick ball, almost like a, a cross-come shot across the face of the goal, and there were two Akisara players that couldn't get on the end of it. Again, the build-up play to the Adinji's second goal, the little one-two that Nazem Sangare played, was was joyful. I'd like to see him at uh, Fenerbahce next season. Um, I, I think he could do great things, and we need a right-back, to be quite fair. But I think that is it now for, for Akisar. I think they're condemned to go down and... Well, we've still got to play them as well, but we played them away in three weeks and that should be a match we should be winning. But I just think they are just too far gone now. Rock bottom on 24 points, I believe. Um, three points behind the next team ahead of them who are Gerstepe. So I think it's time to say bye-bye to our friends um, at Akisar. Yeah, you're correct. 24 points for Akisar at the moment. They're dead bottom uh, there are three points behind Gustepe and four points behind Erzurum now. Uh, which brings us to the next match because Gustepe and Erzurum squared off in Izmir. And uh, Gustepe, just another one of those matches where they had their last chance. And, and you know what? You can't say that they haven't had the, the schedule in their favor. They've had all three of their direct rivals in uh, the relegation zone at home in the second half of the season and they didn't manage to win a single time in fact they didn't even score a single goal in those three games uh, this one ended nil to uh, one Typhoon Antalya getting the score uh, scoring started and that was also the final 
goal. So that was the only ma goal of the match. So in the 25th minute, Thailand on Thailand with a header, I believe it was, uh, gets Erzurum in front. And Angus Tepe showed a little bit more uh, spirit in the second half, more attacking. Uh, we we've lacked that even a little uh, in those other matches where they uh, couldn't get the job done at home. But they, they, they showed intent, but they knew it was their final chance probably, but they just couldn't get the job done. Uh, Cameron Jerome blasted a, a sitter over also was offside. Uh, Yasin, I think may have, I think Yasin may have hit the post or something uh, along those lines. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, Gustepe lose again at home. They already lost at home to Akisar, of course, uh, two weeks ago, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and then several weeks ago they didn't manage to. Uh, beat Bursa which ended in nil-nil so that's three matches like I already said against direct competitors which they just failed to score a single goal in at home which is somewhere you expect a team like Gustepe with that home crowd with that amount of fans you expect them to galvanize those opportunities at home at least and uh, they've just been terrible in the second half of the season I think at this point you, you almost have to say that they deserve to go down uh, how painful that may be for us uh, football lovers who want to see those types of clubs in the league with, 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 with a proper fan base, with history and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Burak, going to throw to you first, Gostepe. This is the final this, nail uh, in their coffin, I think, right? Well, we, we want to say that, but I think they still have a kind of chance. If you look at their, their fixtures, their last two fixtures are away to Borussia and at home to Ankara Again, two teams that are around that kind of area. But I think it's the next three games that are really going to decide if they stay up or go down. I mean, they've lost four games in a row now. They haven't won a game in six games. And you're right, Yasin did hit the post with a free kick. I think it was at the start of the second half. It was very unlucky, a good free kick. Um, and then uh, Dennis made it, had a glaring miss uh, to make it 1-1 from um, across from the wide that come in. And then right at the end, Thailand could have made it 2-0 for Azram, but for Beto, Beto saves. I think think Beto deserves better because he's been a good yeah. keeper, I think, yeah. this season. Yeah. So yeah. I think I if, Gerst, if Gerstepper do end up going down, I can see him moving to another Arnold Olotakamu. Um, I don't know who would want to pick him up. Maybe someone like uh, a Malatya or... Uh, Konya somewhere, someone like that. But I think uh, the next three games really are going to decide Gustepe's fate because they're away to Basakshi here next weekend and they'll be looking to bounce back. And then they have Antalya and Sivasport, you know, two quite tricky teams that play good football and score goals. So if they can pick up maybe three or four points in the next three games, they may have a chance going into their last two against their fellow relegation battlers. But it's got to be tough, and they really do need to just improve their finishing in front of goal. Um, even though Cameron Cameron Jerome was offside for that chance, he blazed it high over the stadium into the streets of Izmir. So um, I, I don't rate him at all personally, and I think they're going to struggle. But they do still have a chance, but they really have to up their performances. Yeah, for sure. I mean, last yeah. week when... Uh when Galtzrei uh, failed to beat uh, Fenerbahce, uh, the title race seemed over, and, and, and that's now 
definitely not the case after this weekend. So uh, things can turn really quickly. The, the difference is at the top of the table, you usually have teams that are, are, are picking up wins a lot more easily, uh, have more quality, obviously. At the bottom of the table, for them to turn things around out of nowhere, uh, usually that involves a little bit of under-the-table dealing. So uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's... I know that statistically they still have they're just a win away from getting out of the relegation zone because they're just two points if I'm not mistaken behind Bursa so with a win they're out of there if Bursa lose um, but it's it is just looking so super grim for them uh, I know Azar is also very sympathetic of uh, of sympathetic <laughs> uh, sim- has a lot of sympathy for Gustave too uh, but at this point Azar. Yeah. Do they? They don't. They don't deserve to be in the league. I think if you have to pick two teams or three teams, they're definitely bottom. I mean, yeah. Purely, I mean, yeah. on, on purely, purely from form, I, I, it's yeah. difficult to disagree with you. Um, I mean, in terms of heritage and everything that you mentioned before, then it would be the opposite comment. But um, I just, I just think that they're unrecognizable from from the way they started the season. Um, Tamer Tuna hasn't turned things around. In fact, he's made things worse. Uh, now that the formidable home record has been taken away, now losing against the likes of Erzurum, who are relegation candidates as well. So really, uh, uh, it's really it's really hard to to find a way out for Gustafa. Like you said, it's, there's still five games, and things can change in that time, as we've seen at the top half of the table. But there's just there's no signs, there's no indication, there's no signal that anything's going to change. Um, and and for to to. To Barak's point about the likes of Beto and other players, uh, it's going to be a shame because those, they're, as individuals, they're, they're really good quality guys. I mean, I can't imagine someone like Beto moving from Izmir to Konya. I mean, that's quite a depressing thought for, for most people, but I don't know what's going to happen to the uh, to the Izmir boys if the club goes down, it'll yeah. fall apart. I mean, Beto's up there in age, he's like 36 or something, but honestly, if Bishesh needs it. doesn't if, show it, yeah. Yeah, if, if Bishesh needs a good goalkeeper for a year or two, I'd, I'd take him. He's great. Mm, he's absolutely. amazing. I think he's been arguably, uh, except for uh, Gokan Akan, who's probably been the best goalkeeper this season, I think Beto's still up there in the top three uh, of, of performance-wise best goalkeepers in the league. Uh, definitely last season. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's move forward uh, to the next one. Uh, Gustepe, that's going to be difficult for them. Erzurum. Uh, didn't didn't impress really either. I mean, uh, but but they get the win again and they scrape by and get those points, and that means they're still fully in it and and can still survive. But it's gonna be difficult for sure. You can even see on on their goal, it's all a little bit, it's all a little bit less crisp than what other teams are showing. I think even Bursaspor. Um, so let's move over to uh, the main event of sorts of Saturday. Galtry beating Kaiserispor at home three to one. Uh, Kaiser Spore, of course, have been in good form in the second half of the season, so this is definitely not. Uh, this definitely wasn't uh, the, the too, too easy of an opponent going into this match. In fact, Artem Kravitz had put Kaiser Sport ahead in the 15th minute, but uh, Mbaye Diagne got on the score sheet from open play in the 16th minute. Just a minute later, he basically tapped in a rebound after the goalkeeper Lung had made a save on the, on the long range effort uh, from, I think, NDI. Am, am I right there? 
Fernando oh. oh, Fernando. Yeah. Okay. So, and then in the 42nd minute, uh, and by Jagnik on the score sheet again, this time it was from his trusted penalty spot after um, Thiago Lopez had uh, picked up a second yellow card. He had initially picked up one in the 30th minute, and then in the 38th minute he uh, made a fall on, I think it was Diagne as well. He, he gave him like a light little push and got a second yellow for that penalty as well Diagne converts from the spot and then Yuto Nagatomo scores his first ever goal in Woo-hoo! Turkey uh, in the 45th minute with a header uh, and he's the second Japanese player to ever score a goal in the Turkish Super League um, after of course Shinji Kagawa uh, had to get that in there <laughs> uh, but yeah the red card for Thiago Lopez is probably one of the biggest talking points here the the yellow card for Emre Agbaba after a uh, very uh, interesting uh, play for the ball, if you can call it that. Uh, and then in the second some half, there were, yeah, in the second half there were some um, penalty shots for Kaiseri Sport as well. Uh, that definitely we should talk about. But Uzer, uh, give your views on the match first, please. Oh well, it was a wonderful, beautiful day. Uh, I, I took the laptop outside to enjoy the sunshine. Cracked open an ice cold beer around with a couple of friends and just really, really enjoyed this 90 minutes of football, I have to say. Even though we went 1-0 down against Kayseri, um, I thought this is always a fixture that uh, I look forward to because Kayseri tend to play quite open football. Uh, and given our pretty strong home record, I, I thought this should be a comfortable win for us. So despite going 1-0 down, I didn't give up faith. And sure enough, our man Jagne uh, equalised within a couple of minutes from open play, like you said, which is... Um, the stuff of dreams, really, the stuff of miracles that he didn't score from a penalty, or the fact that he was able to even hit the target from open play. But it was an open goal, but never mind, we'll give him that, we'll give him that. Um, and then the goal from Nagatomo, which was just a real source of delight for me. He was clearly inspired by me, having selected him in the Best 11 some couple of weeks ago when we did our, our Best 11 podcast. And the shortest guy on the pitch came up and scored a header. I mean, really amazing header as well. A lot of power, a lot of accuracy from uh, from 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 the front of the goalkeeper, and it was just a great, great goal, great moment. About five, ten minutes later, he kind of he swiveled past one uh, Kaiseri sport player, and then just went forward, forward. He just heard the whole crowd screaming, "Shoot, shoot, shoot!" Sure enough, he delivers a massive thunderbolt from from quite far outside the box, and I he, I see the net kind of burst. And I'm like, yes, he scored again. What an amazing goal this is. The commentator shouts goal. The score changes from 3-1 to 4-1 on the screen. And then before I'm before I've uh, able to wipe the beer that I've spilled all over myself, I realised from the replay that it didn't actually go in. It hit the side netting. So um, I don't know if you guys felt anything similar watching that watching that shot from uh, from men, from Nagatomo, but it was just an amazing couple of minutes for him. Um, NDIA had a chance to, to loop the goalkeeper in a, in a very kind of selfish, uh, ultimately selfish way because he didn't, didn't score, ended up embarrassing himself. He saw the headlines, but uh, thankfully it didn't cost us anything. Overall, it was, it was a very good team performance. I'm very happy with the result. Quite disappointed about the Emre Akbar by yellow card there because I believe it means he's going to miss the next match. And it was quite an unnecessary bit of amateur acrobatics that he uh, tried to pull off there. And I think the yellow card is only fair. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Burak, what, uh, what do you think about uh, the game? Um, I always 
you last say were going to to win this. I thought uh, the disappointment of the derby last week. Uh, they'd be fired up, and they're playing at home. And like I said, they're playing against Kaiser, a team who aren't very compact. They leave open spaces, um, just like they did for the that great goal by Nagatomo. He was left wide open at the far post. He wasn't being picked up by any players. So he came in and you know bullet train headed it mm. into the, the far the far corner. A great goal. Um, I thought uh, Kaiser's goal was really well worked actually. That to go one nil up, they played it down the the right, just a well worked goal, and then swept into the the goal for Galatasaray. Um, Jagner, um, we we do give him a lot of stick and crap, but. You know, even though he's scoring penalties, he's scoring. Um, and that's something that I would love for Fenerbahce to be able to do is just score a goal. And um, yes, the the goal was a, was a tap-in, but, you know, he followed in like all good strikers should do. He was there for a rebound um, and well-deserved his, his first goal and then the second goal from the penalty. Um, I think the Emre Akbar incident should have been a red card. Um, high foot, dangerous play into the... The shoulder type face area of the player um, we've seen people sent off for that previously so it would be nice to have some consistency but um, I'm, I'm right at the end where I can't remember which Galatasaray player it was you know pushed a Kaiserispor player over and was given a yellow card similar incident happened to um, Kravitz mm-hmm. in the, the area yeah. um, which I think but should have been given down. as a Yes, so I think that should have been given as a penalty. Um, so there were some inconsistencies by the referee on the day, but Galatasaray well worth their their three points. So I can't have any complaints um, about that. A couple of big decisions, though. Uh, I, I don't think you can really argue too much about the penalty. Just clearly uh, a push there. But is it really a yellow? I mean... He's not robbing him of a clear-cut goal-scoring opportunity. Players turned with his back to goal. It's it's not really a big thing, not, not a huge push or anything like that. You, I mean, the, I don't know. To give him a second yellow card there, that felt extremely harsh, especially coming off of just giving Emre Agbaba a yellow. I know there shouldn't be any compensation, but... I don't know. Like, you, how often does a does a player get carded after making a penalty fall? And then usually it's because of it's a dangerous tackle or something like that. This was not dangerous or anything like that. It felt really, really, really harsh. And then if you see in the second half the the push of Louis Dama on, I think it was Kravitz. That's that's yeah. Just he pushed him just as hard. Um, okay, the guy's running away from goal, I think, but. That, does, that shouldn't really matter in, in, in the result of whether it's a spot kick or not. Of course, obviously, at that point, that's not going to impact the scoring. They're a down a man, they're 3-1 down. That would be 3-2 two, two at best. But, yeah, like you said, some inconsistency there. I don't know. Uzer, do you think that was a second yellow? I mean, I'm, I'm not, not going to argue about a penalty. It's, a, it's clearly a push. So, But you think, really, that the second yellow was warranted? Yeah, well, I guess it's a debate... Uh... As to whether or not it's a, it's a goal, clear goal scoring opportunity, um, I, I suppose I, I, it, it, it can be uh, taken as being slightly harsh, given that the penalty was awarded as well. But I mean, at the time, I didn't question it too much, to be honest, um, and it, it didn't make it into my uh, podcast notes either. So I'm going to say that the referee made the right call. 
<laughs> what did you think? I mean, and I know you already said that the, the yellow was deserved for, for Emre, but do you think he got lucky to not get a red there, or do you think yellow is sufficed for that? Uh, yeah, again, and the, the, I suppose the the most famous example of this is Nani against Real Madrid. Uh, the, the the red card that Junaid Shakir actually gave in the Champions League for yeah. similar position. So I guess a lot of people will point to that as the as a textbook case study. Um, so mm-hmm. if the referee ha- and and to be honest, at the time I had agreed with Junaid's decision there. So if the referee had given a red card, I would have said, look, you just got to know not to jump like that in in such a such a flamboyant way. Um, he's lucky that the other the other player wasn't directly in front of his foot; otherwise, yeah, it could mean, have been quite a nasty. Something like nasty this is, is is like the, this is definition of reckless. I mean, yeah, the, exactly. That, exactly. The, the type of a challenge is should not that does not belong on a football pitch. Whether yeah. you hurt when you whether you injure the opponent or not, you shouldn't be attempting that. I think I, I think he's really extre- I think he's extremely lucky to get off with yellow. And I think the only reason he gets off with yellow is because he didn't like frontally mm. kick him in the yeah. in the face or something. But yeah, yeah, two inches more left, and the foot should not be there. Not in that type of a position. Uh, I mean, you have a couple of weeks ago we had that Luyen Dama red card, but that's that's still different. Emre's going in there like he's trying to super kick him, you know? Yes, yeah, like something out of Tekken. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, a wrestling move, like a sweet chin music, right, Burak? Yeah. What do you? No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, that that was more like the Booker T axe kick. Sweet chin music oh. starts off like it's, it's a reverse crescent type movement. He didn't and, um, wind up before, right? <laughs> he didn't tune up the band. There was no stamping his foot down. So yeah. I'm not accepting that as a sweet chin music. But it was definitely some kind of kick by well, Emre Agbaba. What do you think about uh, the, the the second yell for Tiago? Oh, uh, Tiago Lopez. Yeah, the, the yellow card for the second yellow, the, basically the red, for the penalty. For the penalty, so it's a penalty. I don't think anyone can debate that. Uh, but is it a yellow card, really? Well, I thought the rule was if you give a penalty, then you shouldn't give a card to compound the misery. No, 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 no. That's red card. So that's red card. But this so is the second yellow card. So there's sort of basically what they've done away. Ifab have done away with uh, the double uh, penalizing, basically. So um, yeah. unless uh, in certain situations it's still a red card and a penalty. That depends on the situation. But uh, they have done away with that because they don't want uh, double punishment. So they don't want to give a penalty and a red card. Uh, but this is a this is technically not that because it's a it's a penalty and a yellow card. A card. So I thought the yellow card was given for him handling the ball, but did you guys say it was for a push? I think he pushed him, didn't he? See, I swear that when I was watching the replays, the, the, the penalty was given for handball against Thiago Lopez. I thought he pushed him on the shoulder blade. But I might have been wrong. I was watching on a small screen. <laughs> um, yeah, so I blew up, but um, for me, it, it was you know, it was a penalty. Um and yellow card, well, you've got to follow the law, right? And as we always say, I'm a man of the law, and <laughs> it's okay not it's okay not to give a double punishment if it's a red, but it's you know stopping a goal goal scoring chance, then the referee has every right to give him a yellow, and you know going down to ten men and then going two one down, I think that's when it was um, officially over for Kai City. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's move over to Sunday. Unless any of you have anything to add, we have a very exciting match coming up on Sunday. Ankara, could you... Oh, yes. Ankara, could you call your score? <laughs> Actually, the scoreline was nil-nil, so that might t- make you think it was an absolute uh, bore fest. But there were some chances here and there. Uh, I think Ankara, could you showed maybe most spirit going forward. But at the end of the day, it was kind of... Uh, deserving of the scoreline, I think. Uh, I, I, I really, I, I didn't even write any notes. Um, so I don't know if any of you have anything to add to this match. <laughs> Not really. The, just that the best chance of the game fall, fell to um, Orgel, but yeah, he, he, I mean, he actually created it himself. Yeah, so a good run. It's, it's hard to say that he, he, he really wasted it, but uh, yeah, nothing really to add in this game. Nothing really of note. I'm sure Brock has has Torah notes and has everything that happened between minute one and ninety. Oh yeah, I mean the the moment where Altai nearly kicked the ball oh, into his own right. net. Yeah, where he he goes, it, it bounces. He goes to kick it. It kind of sh- you know, yeah. comes off the side of his boot, and then he has to and, and kick it out. But then he makes up for his error where he he makes the mm-hmm. save. But so that that was that was a, a good fun. Um, so that, Again, so detrimental for a young goalkeeper, though. I think when the big clubs are watching a young, promising goalkeeper like that, 20 years old, and he's been impressive so far for Ankara Gudju ever since taking his place between the sticks, and then and then he does something like that, and all the big clubs are expecting, you know, goalkeepers who can use their feet, and and then you see that. I think it's, I, I, yeah, I don't know, it would make me think twice uh, before I made an offer for him, honestly. Which I, it's, it's unfortunate because he's a very good goalkeeper on his line, but. Yeah. Oh, didn't let the goal in though, so he did recover. So and like you yeah. say, he is still young. So hopefully that's one of the the few like slip ups that he's gotten out of his system. Um, I think Fofana had a really good chance in the first half where the ball was squared to him. He put it about probably a couple of foot wide. That was uh, interesting. And then um, Kulisic, I think, um, had a had a good chance after some great work by Pinto down the left wing. Um, you know, one of the few moments of good football in in that game but um he failed to convert and you know a nil nil works in favor for for Fenerbahce so I was quite happy with that result so what was your inclination when you see something like that with a young promising goalkeeper like Altai uh when you see that awful footwork uh, do you think, oh, it's, you know, it can happen to anyone? Because it can. I mean, even Neuer has a miscontrol at, you know, at times. But when you're thinking about successors to Muslera down the line, uh, which I think you guys are thinking of more vividly mm-hmm. now so than, than ever, probably. Um, and you're thinking Turkish goalkeeper. You're probably not, but let's say you are. Altai would initially be one. Oh, look, a young, talented goalkeeper. Maybe Galtzar should be looking at him. When you see something like that, then do you go, ooh, maybe not? Uh, well, I mean, let, let's 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 be fair. He's only twenty-one, uh, mm-hmm. and it was a kind of momentary lapse. Let's say it was just kind of. I don't think it's it's anything that shows fundamental flaw in his ability. It was just a kind of momentary brain fart. Let's say all mm-hmm. even top goalkeepers are capable of it. Like you said, even Noya likes Noya. Uh, I mean, even Mustera has has a couple of those in him a season, so I don't think that's the kind of thing that would write write him off. Um, like you say, we we are in the market for, or at least we're in the planning 
for Muslera's successor. Whether or not that be next season yeah. or the season after is something else. But he's definitely on our list of, uh, of players to watch. Okay, let's uh, move over to Bashakshir because I'm, I'm not going to pose you the same question, Burak, because you guys have a, a plethora of goalkeepers to choose from. Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> with, uh, with, of course, Harun and then uh, Perke. Perke as well. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's move over to the next one. Bashakshir Chaikurizespor. Bashakshir coming off their first defeat in 2019 last week against Bishiktash. Uh, you would expect them to go and rebound at home, get a win. But like we said last week, if one team could give them problems, it's going to be Chaiko Rizespor. And it sure as hell did, because Chaiko Rizespor were held to a draw. Not Bashakshir, Chaiko Rizespor were held to a draw after a 95th minute penalty goal from Edin Vizca. Vedat Muric had put the visitors ahead in the 62nd minute. And I think that was his 14th goal of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, initially, not the best first touch, but that actually worked out in his advantage because it gave him an angle to beat uh, Mert more easily in uh, the near uh, corner. Uh, and putting, yeah, Riza ahead in the 62nd minute deserved, I think. Uh, Riza were pushing throughout the game. Bashakshir had some chances, but it was really all Riza Spore in the beginning. Uh, Bashakshir took a little while to get into the match. Uh, both teams, it was a little bit back and forth. Very open football, a lot of attacking football. Both teams wanted to score, both teams wanted to win. Riza Spore playing very positively. Uh, I think they deserve to go ahead and then in the yeah fourth minute of stoppage time, third minute of stoppage time. Um, Mahmoud Tigdemir brought down in the box. No penalty, says referee. VAR intervenes, tells him to go and take a look, and then the penalty is awarded. And that's uh, not the first time. Of course, this happened a couple of weeks ago. It's against Kayseri Sport as well at home. Bashakshir got a 97-minute penalty equalizer then. Uh, now it's the 95th minute. And, of course, last week that that, that, that loss against Besiktas. So uh, Bashakshir kind of get yeah just crawling through the, the the eye of the needle as they say uh really yeah despite a couple of weeks ago i said i think against kaiseri that uh, they still looked good despite uh that that late uh equalizer but here this was the first time bar maybe in last week that i really truly felt that the shocks here were in jeopardy because Riza Spore, they were better for the most part of this match, I would, I, I, I'd say. Uzer, is that what you came to the con- same conclusion mm. as I did? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but at Moritz, again, one of the flash players of, of 2019, along with uh, Nakayami, like we discussed, who's um, really, really impressive. And I absolutely agree with you that Riza will feel very hard done by for not walking away from Istanbul with all three points. The manner in which uh, they conceded the penalty, you know, 96th minute is, is when the goal was actually registered. That kind of thing really burns. Uh, and it puts a stop to their, to their push for the, that fifth position, that potential European spot. Um, having said that, Edin Visca for Bashak did everything possible he could to score before that penalty. So he deserves a lot of credit, again, once again, for being the kind of the, uh, the catalyst for their team. Um, but with only picking up one from a possible six points, I think this is the real game where the question marks start flying up about Bashakshir. Are they going to bottle it? Or are they going to have enough to go over the line given their fixtures coming up? We did say last week that uh, this could be a potential bogey match and it proved to be correct. We just have to see now if they've got the mental strength uh, to, 
to hold on. Yeah. I mean, now doubt's gonna start creeping in, especially if Galtzrike keep winning their matches. Obviously, yeah. a very big bonus for Bashakshir is in two weeks' time, it's Galtzrike Besiktas. And that that's very fortunate for Bashakshir that that much match comes before they play Galtzrike, I think. Because Eek. that match is going to take at least one, if not two, of their competitors out of the race, I think. Because if, if that one ends... In, in, in a Besiktas win, it's over for Galatasaray. I think that's, that's yeah, you can't go past it. If, if that one ends in a Galatasaray win, it's definitely over for Besiktas. If that one ends in a draw, which is the best scenario for them, I think, then I think it's probably over for both of them. Um, so, they're kind of lucky in regards to the schedule. They might have the easier schedule uh, from from the three top uh, three teams left. Um but they don't necessarily have a super easy schedule. I think now their first upcoming game is Gustepe. That should be a walkover win for them. But then they still play Sivaspor. They play. They still play Ankaragücü. So you put, uh, they of course still play Galatasaray, and they still play Alanya Spor. Uh, those aren't easy games. I mean, Sivaspor, uh, the second half of the season, definitely not impressive. But that they they can prove. Uh, somewhat stubborn. Ankaragücü could be a real pickle for them, and Alanya Spor, I could see them giving them trouble too, because Alanya Spor, uh, definitely a decent side. So, um, when nerve starts creeping in, and, and you can see, I think this was one of the first time you could really see that there, despite having so many experienced players, there was doubt, I think. Well, I, d I didn't see that uh, a couple of weeks ago against Kaiser Spor. At no point, I, I didn't feel that they were doubting and that they were, uh, yeah, I, losing, uh, losing motivation, so to speak, or or, or belief or whatever. Uh, but the, after that defeat last week and then this, I think it's uh, they're starting to show cracks. Burak, would you agree? <sighs> Uh, yes, I would, and it's quite um, surprising to see. Look at the players they have in their their squad that have won championships before in Turkey and elsewhere. Players like Klishi and Emre and Arda and Robinho and Adebayor, uh, the, the talent that Edin Visca uh, possesses. You would think that they have players that can actually galvanize the team to say, look, come on, guys, let's, let's push through. And you have those leaders like an Emre, like an Arda, who can actually have experienced fighting for titles before. It's quite surprising to see them slipping up. And But the, the penalty at the end was such a weak penalty. Um, you know, the the push on the Kayserispor player that wasn't given against um, Galatasaray and I think the penalty that Bashashir got was even weaker. I think it, I can't remember who it was that went down. Was it Adabayor that went down, or was Mahmoud, it someone else? I think, think it was Mamad. Well, take them is. I think so. Yeah, it, it, it was such a weak decision, and I was watching the game and thinking, okay, Riza have put a, a good shift in. They played some good attacking football. Um, Vedat Murkic, like I say, he's made up for some of his errors last week by pop popping in a goal this week. What a great free transfer he was. Um, you know, we God knows how much we played for Slimani and he hasn't managed to hit the uh, the a barn door with a bloody beach ball, a useless piece of crap. But um um Rizespor should feel robbed, definitely. They worked hard. Um Bashak Shahir didn't really create a lot, you know, despite yeah. Yeah. Edin Visca working his absolute socks off to try and 
create something, almost trying to play them by himself at some point. And, you know, he deserves to be somewhere else other than Bacak Shahir. Yeah. I mean, I, can you imagine him even, you know, win, win, whatever happens, whether they win the league or not, can you just imagine him? Like, I mean, he's already overstated, I think. He's 28. He should have left two, three years ago. I mean, yeah. it's such a shame for his career. I mean, I, I wonder how it feels for him. A 95th minute equalizer from the penalty spot. Cool Panenka. Yeah. And barely any crowd reaction at home. How how does that feel for a footballer? Is that what you play for, I wonder? I mean, oh. you want to hear people chant your name and, 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 and you want to hear pure raw emotion from the crowd, right? And it's, yeah. it must be depressing. These guys are playing for the title, and the, I would say it wasn't even one quarter full stadium. I mean, it, it must be really a uh, slap in the face to be such a great player, to give everything for the team, mm-hmm. but to have no recognition from the fans. Yeah, and this is a type of game where the, the crowd helps to motivate the team to give them that final effort that pushed them over the final third. And obviously, because there is no crowd... You know, that's going to play, I think, a, a big factor in Bashak Shahir's upcoming home games. You know, if you think of um, the crowd at the, the Telecom Arena, the crowd at Vodafone, even the crowd at Kadukoe, despite the fact that we're, you know, fighting relegation, they, mm-hmm. they galvanize as a team, they provide that extra 12th man support, um, and that can really help to inspire and motivate players to up their performance or run that little bit harder when they're, they're a little bit tired or they're feeling a little bit demotivated, you know, a good chant from the crowd can help pick them up. But Shakespeare don't have that to their advantage because um, whoever it is in the crowd, they're just eating their chicken deck um, yeah. rather than singing songs. So, and, uh, and I don't think it's any coincidence that they've they've dropped point. Like the, the reason they're in the position they're in right now is because they couldn't, like you said, galvanize those wins at home. I mean, both Kaiseri and... Uh, and now Rizespor. Um I mean, away at Bish- losing away at Besiktas, that, that can happen to anyone. Losing away at Galatasaray, that could happen to anyone. You know, that, that's that's not abnormal. But dropping two really important points in the middle of a, t- a heat heated title race, really at this point, um, at home to, with all due respect, Kaiserspor and Rizespor. I mean, I, I've been full of praise of Rizespor in the second half of the season. Um, but this is a team that, if you want to win the title, you have to beat. Uh, we saw two weeks ago, uh, Besiktas trashed them, the, despite the fact that Rizespor weren't bad in that match. But uh, we should see some more quality, I think, from Besiktas And I t- that's why I really think that you can see um, doubt creeping in. And, 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 yeah, just cracks in the armor starting the show. Uh, and that's something I think just a couple of weeks ago we didn't expect possible expect to be possible. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago they were 13 points in front of Besiktas, they were eight points in front of Galatasaray. Now the difference is only three and six, uh, with five more games to go. So it's at this point definitely a two-horse race, and then I think there's a little bit of a straggler behind that still has a slight chance. Uh, but they obviously have to hope for uh, the, the you know the 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 front runner to uh, break his leg, fall, and the second one to stumble <laughs> over the the body of the first, and then uh, take it you know be the happy third uh, dog running away with a bone or whatever. With all my analogies here, uh, but yeah, no, Bashak here, uh, they this was the match I think they needed to win 
to maintain confidence in their title challenge. Uh, now it's going to be difficult because if Galstrike keeps winning, then it's going to come down to, like Burak said, uh, I think last week, it's going to come down to that Galstrike Bashakshir game. And Galstrike have a really big advantage uh, the fact that they are playing those games at home. Like, they can really tank uh, their lucky stars to the scheduling commission that get that the, the, both those derbies at home. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge uh, advantage. Yeah, it's a massive advantage for sure. Uh, and it's going to be potentially decided, this, yeah, decisive for the, for, for, for the title. But, Uzzer, what did you think about the penalty position? Bro, I clearly didn't think it was one. Uh, oh, very soft, God. at least. Really soft. I mean, really, really soft. It took mm-hmm. me... It took me about ten views of the replay to even realize what the penalty was given for. Yeah, um, I still don't I, know. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, it it was it's just scandalous decision, really. Um, but you know, about the whole championship thing, I'm still keeping up my my top ten. I still think Bashakshi have the ability and the um, and they still have the likelihood of walking away with the title. So I'm not going to change my opinion of the last few weeks just yet. I don't want to jinx anything, but and maybe the Istanbul will, elections had an impact on Bashar. Well, exactly. Yeah. So this is uh, the, the the real support that they had was from from the city, the municipality. Now mm-hmm. that that's looking like it's been eroded, they don't have any fans to um, to act as a buffer. So it all comes and starts trickling down to the players. So yeah, long may ele- continue. Maybe those elections came a couple of months late, indeed, <laughs> or just indeed. on time. Maybe just on indeed. Time. In Ankara, we're seeing that. Mansouri Arash, the mayor, is going to cut the purse strings yeah. for Osman Laspar, another mm-hmm. wasted project team. So hopefully, uh, Imamolo has already so. said, uh, has already stated beforehand yeah. that he was going to focus on the real clubs of Istanbul. Exactly, and, he, and not he's to, visited all yeah. three stadiums as well in the last couple of weeks to oh. show support. Uh, let's uh, let's take a look then at uh, the remaining fixture on uh, Sunday and that was one I'm sure Brock will have lots to say about Alanya Spor Fenerbahce 1-0 goal by Efejan Karaja in the 57th minute Fenerbahce suffer yet another defeat Alanya Spor continue their good form uh, in the second half of the season uh, and they, they could potentially still make a run for Europe um, with Fenerbahce losing uh, again uh, and I, I think there's really not much uh, to say in in terms of of this being a competitive match. I think Alanya Spor uh, should have made this three, four, five nil, to say the least. Would you agree, Borak? I would. I would. Yes. Sir. We had one shot on target all game. I think just embarrassing. It's just such an embarrassing, disgraceful performance by us away to Alanya. Now we might not have the the best squad and best players that a Fenerbahce team has had in the last ten years, but there's no excuse for not running, not putting in any effort, not showing some passion and some and some character. I mean that that second half was just absolutely diabolical, just pure dog shit, absolutely awful football. And if Papi Sisse was you know had any kind of finishing ability then he should have made it at least two three four nil um against us um i was just so disappointed um our midfield was was lacking um topal and tall guy 
um, doing absolutely nothing. Um, Elif trying to run around himself um, in front. Um, Ismail Kobasha, I mean, <laughs> that that guy just needs to be sent to the glue factory. Sorry, um, I mean, <laughs> just just get just get him out of the team. You know, there's I can count on two hands people I'd like to see out of this team, but um, Effigan absolutely tore him a new arsehole. Um, so in in that game, you know, he was just absolutely pounding him. And um, one of the uh, uh, Fenerbahce pundits I'll follow on, on Twitter, a guy called Arsin Cezad, um, who, if you're a Fenerbahce fan, I'd employ you to go and follow him. Um, he always puts up really good analysis of the matches before and afterwards. And he made a good point of saying, well, we know Hassan Ali Calderon was suspended after seeing red card against Galatasaray last weekend. So why not start a young left-back Um Someone from like the youth team, maybe give him give him a chance, or like someone else. What would happen is Effigan would have a great match, and we wouldn't be able to do anything down the left hand side, and we weren't able to do anything down the left hand side anyway, which because we were so poor. Um, I also don't understand why Arsenala has switched Dirar to the left hand side, where he had formed a really good partnership with Maurizio Isla a couple of weeks ago. And they were playing some good football. At least they were providing some good overlaps with each other. They were at least getting some crosses into the box. But we're bringing on, you know, Frey as a striker. And if that just doesn't make you want to vomit in your mouth as a, a fan about your fan, I don't know what does. Um, Sardaraziz gets injured, typical. Um, so Studdock comes on and it's a misunderstanding between him and Harun which leads to the goal. Why is Zeitz arguably one of our best technical players coming on in the, the 70th minute? You know, I would put Jarlson in the midfield to get some, some legs to, to run around. Um, but it was just, you know, an awful, awful performance. And um, it's just embarrassing, embarrassing to watch, you know, Valboena trying to take on the whole team by himself. Andre fucking Ayu as a striker. I mean... Bring up, you know, the, the Yusuf from the the young team who's banging in the goals, and Arsenal gives his excuse of saying we don't want to bring the young players into this team at the moment because it would affect them negatively, um, which I, I kind of agree with to some point. But you know, you know what have we got to lose? Also, you know, give them in, give them a give them a chance. Um, when, when you're saying it as a coach, aren't you just saying it's a, a spoiled match? Then, I mean, that's basically what you're saying. Isn't it? Uh, yeah, you're exactly. You're saying you don't want to bring them into such a poisonous environment, and I think that's what is a little bit maybe affected by Rishalaju. Um But I think he should have been given the chance to play more as well. I thought Barish being... was, was was impressive in, in in what we saw of him at Fenerbahce. But now, I mean, I expected him to play a lot for Malatya, but we haven't really seen anything. Did he get injured or something? Because he's been completely off the radar. I've not heard anything about that. So, um, for me, it's just, just watching this team is just just disappointing. Um, um, you know, it's hard to try and get angry anymore. Um, what, I'd, what, what I'd like to see is, you know, somehow to get safety confirmed with maybe two matches to go, and then just like just bring in bring in the youth players and just let them have some fun and express themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just... 
yeah, those last two games, you can just field basically an entire B team. Uh, well, you know, let Berke play, like Ferdi play. Uh, should have kept Barish. And he should, Barish should have been playing throughout. I mean, what what can he do worse than whoever else is playing on those wings? He was showing good things early on in the season. Um, so it's it's really puzzling that he just didn't get a lot more playing. I mean, if, if let's say Barish would have stayed and he would have gotten he would have been a starter at this point and and uh you know just being showing a good performance here and there and then at least you have that to lift yourself up on uh from the, the season i mean when this season is over there will be absolute there's no not a single bright spot for Fenerbahce fans going into the summer going into next season i mean yeah harun had a good performance today but he's 29 and going on 30 years old isn't he's not like it's not like, oh, we got a young, talented player we got to look forward to next season. You know, like, Barish could have been that player. Ferdi could have been that player. Zaic could have been that player. He's only 24 years old. Let him play. Let him try and shine a little bit. But I guess the same kind of logic applies to him with, with, with Ersun, where he maybe doesn't want to bring him into this team too quickly or something. I, I don't know. Uh, I can but, see Ersun being let go in the summer. Um, hmm. I, I think, you know, Bileti Kesildi as they will say, just because I remember when we first started this pod, we we spoke about Arsenal's kamikaze attack in football that mm-hmm. he would play. Last two yeah. weeks, you know, it's been almost a complete, the complete opposite. It's been abysmal football with no sense of wanting to attack or yeah. using your width or trying to use your players like a... Um, let's say, like a Zeitz in there to just be technical and pick a pass and, you know, pull the defence apart and shots and free kicks. And, yeah, I just want the season to be over with, stay up, go on holiday, basically. Um, It's just depressing to watch Fenerbahce play football right now. And we've got five matches left. And, like I say, we play Trabzon at home next weekend. You know, hopefully, you know we can lift ourselves with that match because of the the rivalry that exists there. Um, but the, the, isn't that more like the the Besiktas Bursa thing though? Like it's more a one sided rivalry where Trabzon are going to be extremely motivated for that. But Fenerbahce, eh, you know, it's not God's right. You know, it's not. I don't know. Like it's it's for, you know for for Bursa when the, the biggest match for their entire season is when Besiktas comes to town. That's just what they're. Their thing is at this point with their uh, blind hatreds for 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 the club, and it's the same thing with Trabzonspor. Really, I mean, obviously there's a there's a bigger rivalry going further back between Fenerbahce and Trabzonspor, um, but but still, it's it's still kind of a one sided rivalry more than it is with like Bishtesh Galatasaray, Fenerbahce uh, Galatasaray, Fenerbahce Bishtesh. That those are actual rivalries that have been around for a hundred years plus, but. Well- yeah, anything we can things. use, anything we can use to try and just get a performance out of these pushed players, <laughs> I would be happy with. Because watching watching that on Sunday, each of them just needed a slap as they came off the pitch, like Recep Ivedik, Osman Lu, just smack around the head to say you're playing for Fenar fucking Barcia. So I'm just I'm I'm angry, disappointed, sad, all the negative emotions. I'm, basically, I'm so happy I don't bleep. Because I would have to bleep a lot. <laughs> this is, this is exactly. an unadulterated no. director's cut. Those are Ex- what, what, exactly extra. Over to yours, Just you know, yeah. just just tell us why we're so crap. Please. Well, I mean, listen, I, 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 it's it's 
I'm long past the point of deriving pleasure from your pain, Farouk. Like, I, I, it really even frustrates me watching Fenerbahce like this because it, having our biggest rival down in the dumps is not good for us. Um, I think yeah, Fenerbahce, yeah, yeah. all good for the league, it's not good for the league, it's not good for the Turkish football in general. You know, there's no European football for Fenerbahce next season. That, that, irrespective of where they finish in the league, because I think Fenerbahce will stay up, but um, no European football is a huge loss for, for the club and for the Turkish league. Um, Fenerbahce, but back back to this game, Fenerbahce were absolutely dreadful. I mean, Alanya would be really disappointed that only finished 1-0. Had it not been for yeah. Harun's pretty exceptional point-blank saves, of which there were two or three that I could count, uh, and various others, kind of like more, also quite impressive saves. It could have been four, five, six nils on Alanya's spot. I mean, Fenerbahce were unrecognisable. Um, and one must also consider the Serian factor here as well. Um, because he's he, he has this habit of uh, putting on the uh, putting on the star when playing against the big teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he must have done something. He must have motivated the players in such a way to say, Hey come on guys, we're playing against Fenerbahce. let's let's make the headlines. Let's uh, let's show them who's boss of Alanya. And they really play some really fabulous football. So as as bad as Fenerbahce were, Alanya were pretty impressive as well, and we have to take that into account. And maybe Sergen is uh, is trying to um, put himself in the shop window because, of course, there's no job opportunity coming up in Istanbul in the summer. Undoubt, undoubtedly, and uh, imagine if uh, somehow, by some miracle, Bishtes can still win the title on the final match day, and Alanya Spor beat Başakşehir. No, no better way to come into a new club, is there? <laughs> yeah. The problem is, if anything, it would be downhill from there. Because unless he won the league again, uh, he might be considered a failure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's uh, that's that's me with a lot of fantasy booking there. But uh, but the, yeah, Burak did touch on something there where it, you know, this is not Ersunyanal football that we're seeing this Fenerbahce play, and the question beckons. Can he turn things around in the summer? I mean, this team needs needs a huge overhaul. I think it's almost inevitable at this point. Like, Ali Koch is going to have to dig into his own pockets. He's going to have to completely ignore financial fair play. Uh, and he's going to have to do something insane in the summer. Either that or Fenerbahce are going to have to go to another season or two of slowly building. Um, yeah. I don't know. That seems like the only option right now for them to just say, okay, you know what? We're not going to be able to make financial fair play. We're not going to meet the requirements anyway. We might as well take a European ban for the next season even. Uh, and we're just going to completely redo this team. Because I I don't necessarily think that this team has such bad quality. I think there's plenty of quality there. I mean, definitely they should have... They should not be where they are in the table. I'm not saying that they have enough quality to challenge for the title, but you do have to keep in mind they're with basically the same, well, a very similar squad. Only Giuliano and Souza left. Obviously, Giuliano was very important last season, but they came off a season where last season I think it was 73 points or something like that, or 72 points, um, and 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 not all that much changed in that team. Uh, I'm not saying that, like I said, not they shouldn't be a title contender, but they should with this squad still be top six. 
There's no excuse for being that low on the table. Obviously, um, mentally, there's lots of stuff wrong because of that awful start they had at the beginning of the season. And it's just very difficult for a coach to come in and, and, and immediately um, rectify that. But he has had a little bit of an impact early on, but it's just been much of the same for the remainder of the second half of the season where Fenerbahce are just poor. Uh, there's no real spark. There's no real light at the end of the tunnel. I think, yeah, at this point, Burak said it. You can count on two hands the amount of players that should just go. Um, and, and and there's a couple of players there that, that aren't going to be going. Because, you know, we talked about Frey. He's signed a long-term contract. He's going to be at that club for a while. Uh, or at least be under contract with that club unless he accepts like a buyout or something. Obviously, Io is going to be gone. Slimani is going to be gone. Uh, how, what's the deal with Valbuena now? Did his extension trigger? Because he's playing again lately. Uh, I don't know how many games he exactly had to play to have an automatic uh, extension trigger. Burak, do you know? I have not looked into that and neither for Soldado either. Um, but... That's something I need to research in a bit more detail. But yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with Valbuena and Soldado staying another season. Um, Freight, someone just needs to buy Freight. He needs to be given like a one-way ticket to somewhere like um, Argentina and let one of the lower lower like teams in the Argentina league, Argentina league pick him up. He, he'll do well there. He'll he'll battle. He'll throw a few punches, eat some cheese, and just maybe score <laughs> a few cheese. goals. <laughs> yeah, he's he's Swiss, isn't he? So you know, give him some cheese. You know, off you go, Frey. Thanks, for, thanks for absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> just absolute horrendous signing. Um, and so yeah, yeah. Benzia's going. Slomani's going. Get them. Are you going to bugger off? Thank well, God, where, where they where did they find Frey to begin with? I mean, they it's not like they paid a ridiculous amount of money for him, but they paid a transfer fee. They paid him a decent amount of wage, like 1.2 million a year. Um, and 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 I don't I don't really get how they how they ended up with him. I don't I don't really understand that. It's very puzzling. Uh, Same. I don't understand either, and I don't want to understand. I just want him to be gone. I mean, Kamali is he still <laughs> is he still at the club now, or did they decide to? Uh, let uh, him go already. He's he's still there. He's helping out with the uh, with the scouting, mm-hmm. and you know you know you have you know maybe you know ten goes and he has ten goes and maybe gets it right once and gets it wrong by time. He's done a terrible job when it comes to the first team signings, at least. Um, yeah, and I highly yeah. doubt that that he had much of an impact on the the Barish Alija and the Bergozer, uh deals. I mean, obviously those were on Fener's radar already, so. Uh, but let's yeah. let's move over to Monday Please, so we let's, can, let's move so over. We let's can leave. end yeah. Brooks. Uh, yeah, let's put Brooks out of his misery and let's let's uh, wrap things up with the final uh, match on match day twenty nine. That was uh, Siva Sport against Besiktas. This one ends one to two to Besiktas. Uh, Vida getting the scoring started here in the twenty first minute. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that I wrote that down in my notes, but I'm not sure if that's accurate, actually. Uh, and then Diabate gets uh, the equalizer in the 45th minute for Sivaspor. And uh, towards the end of the match, Burak Yilmaz uh, scores an emphatic free kick uh, to put Besiktas uh, ahead 2-1 to one in the 87th minute. And uh, gives them uh, still a lifeline, still a little bit of hope in regards to the, the, the Super League title this season. Although for me, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not dreaming 
I uh, don't believe in it anymore, but you never know. I mean, there's still a chance, as long as there's a mathematical chance you need to keep fighting. Uh, Bishish's form in the second half of the season has been uh, pretty spectacular, ex except for maybe that uh, very uh, deflating draw against Fenerbahce a couple of weeks ago. But uh, Bishish continued their winning ways, and it's, it's mainly thanks to one man, and that's Burak Yilmaz. Nine goals in 11 matches. He's played uh, every single game in the second half of the season except for one. He missed that one due to injury, uh, due to suspension, sorry. And he's now one yellow card away from suspension. So I, I think Uzar is probably already hoping that he's going to take that next week against Ankara Gajus so he misses the derby on match day 31. Um, but yeah, he's had had Bistich had Burak Yilmaz at the start of the season. Things could have looked much different for them. Uh, yeah, just, just, just a couple more points in the first half of the season, just four or five more points. You know, they only had 26 points in the first half of the season. They have uh, already 30 points now at this stage, uh, just 12 matches in. So with five matches more to go, they've already got four points more than they did the entire first half of the season. Uh, and, and the, you know, I mean, there's there's just a couple of factors there. Bishtish have changed things up a little bit where uh, Dorokhan has come into the team, has become an important player in the team. Uh, obviously, Leic is becoming more and more... Uh, the main focal point of their attacks, and 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 then of course there's Burak Yilmaz, who's had a tremendous contribution to Bishtis' run in the second half of the season. Uh, but this was by far their least impressive performance, I think, in recent weeks. Uh, Sivaspor did not impress me, but did enough to keep Bishtis contained. Um, didn't give away too many open chances. There was one really big chance for Burak that I can recall that uh, Tolgahan made a spectacular save on. Uh, but then it came right at the end with that free kick. And those are, I know he scored a couple of those for Galtry too, but uh, I don't know if you were watching live, but what, what, what did you think when he stepped up and, and took the ball away from Lige basically and said, look, I'm taking this? Yeah, you're right, because uh, he scored quite a few. Uh, out of all the clubs, he's, he's, he's about really. He's, he has this very kind of direct... Um, sort of uh, rocket-esque shot when he shoots from that distance. Too close. When you're too, too close on the edge of the box, he can often hit it too high. When it's too far, he often hits the wall or just skies it. It looked like it was just right. Um, but uh, I wasn't actually watching this game live. But uh, when I when I watched the highlights, I didn't actually know that he'd scored. Or, or rather, how he, how he scored the goal. So I thought, oh, I, wonder, I wonder if it's one of those Barack Mars classics. And sure enough, it was. Um... He has just been a complete revelation for for Bishop Dash. Um, I'm happy for him personally as well, because um, I, I mean, I've criticised him in the past for certain things, but never really doubted his goal scoring ability. Uh, and really, he's just doing what he does best: silencing the haters. <laughs> for sure, yeah, literally, and it's cost him a couple of yellow cards actually yeah. silencing the haters. <laughs> uh, he did it. He did it in uh, uh, what, what was that game? Two weeks ago, away. Uh, oh, Riza, of course. Yeah, Riza, got a yeah. yellow yellow card there after se basically celebrating his goal by shushing the crowd. Got them a yellow card, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah. And Burak, what do you think of your namesake's goal and, and his run of form lately? The great free kick goal. I, th I think I thought the the foul given before it was. Uh, he very clever by Burak you must have played full of foul there. Um but that's he's just shown his experience. Um when he took the ball off Leitch, I thought, All right, you better produce something here or you know, you're gonna have Ardeb in your ear 
giving you, you know, some some harsh words. But <laughs> he, he steps up and, you know, like a, a the green arrow, just like spack, spacks it into the, like the top right-hand corner, goes off the bar as well, which always makes a goal better when it goes enough like the woodwork. Yeah. And like you say, he's, his goal-scoring ability is never in doubt. Um, it's his um, ability to, to stay fit and um, just keep his own personal, you know, I don't want to say demons, but you know, just keep his personality in check yeah, um, sure. a, a little bit. So if he can control those... Obviously, you can't control getting injured because um, that just happens. You know, a bad challenge, you a misplace your foot, something can snap and go. And he's a little bit older as well, so maybe he's more susceptible to injury. Um, but ignoring that, if he can just like keep playing well and you know, being harmonious in the team, then he's going to score more goals, especially touch towards the end of the season. He could, you know, be a real thorn in uh, Galatasaray's side in the derby um, if he, if he doesn't. If he plays, if he doesn't get suspended, um, so you know you want to watch out, um, Aussie, that uh, Burak Yilmaz doesn't uh, become uh, the boy with the thorn in his side. <laughs> little, little reference for you oh, there. Very good. I enjoy that very it, much. Enjoy that it, very it, much. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of the celebration? By the way, from Diabate, did you guys catch that? Did I didn't know the celebration. Uh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't actually catch that. No, it was a great goal. Oh, was it the somersaults? Really yeah, he made a couple of somersaults. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very bad for the Very back. Uh, always risky. Always risky. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys caught, caught that goal. Um, and, and and what happened before that as well with 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 Medell because uh, Gary Medell's season is over. Oh uh, yes. Yeah, he he got a nasty kick and uh, apparently tore uh, tore a muscle and uh, it's it's fin de la saison. For poor uh, Mr. Oh, was that uh, from yeah. the injury or from his uh, elaborate protestation that followed? I think, yeah, he was limping already at that point. Oh, I think okay. it was just uh, maybe he, I don't know uh, if it was the actual, I don't think it was the actual kick, probably the way he lands or something, but uh, apparently it's the end of the season for him, oh, uh, which is kind of a shame because he had been playing well in recent weeks in, in a three-man back line. Uh, didn't play particularly well on this one, though. Uh, was definitely uh, at, to blame for the equalizing goal. Kind of cut off uh, Lenz's uh Lens a little bit in in that the defensive uh, move there, where which gave Diabate uh, a little bit of extra space in the box. But um, yeah, uh, all in all, a, a win for Bishtesh probably deserved. They were the better of the two teams, but not overly so. Uh, statistically, they they looked dominant, but uh, when you look at the, the actual football on the pitch, it definitely wasn't uh, their best performance. But uh, Bishtesh stay in it, six points away from Bashakshir with five matches to go. Obviously, they have to completely rely on Bashakshir slipping up. Uh, on paper, if Bishish win everything, they are guaranteed second place. But for the title, they need some serious messing up on Bashakshir's end. Because even um, if they would l end on level points with Bashakshir here, uh, then it would come down to goal differential because the head-to-head -head is the same. Weight uh, goals apparently do not count, and in head-to-head -head it's 2-2. So then it comes down to goals, uh, goal differential. Bishes have the highest goal uh, total uh, scored, but they have uh, a lot more conceded. And of course, Bishakshir have a very uh, positive uh, uh, conceded uh, 
amount of goals conceded. I think they only conceded like 15 goals or something all season or, or 16. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, they still hold, keep their title dreams alive a little bit. Obviously, the big favorites right now are Bashak Shahir and, and Galtzray. And like I said before already, it's kind of a three-horse race where there's one straggling behind and, and that one just has to hope that the other two... That one falls and, and takes the other one with him. Uh, so, I think... For Bishtis to win the title is is gonna needs a miracle at this point. Uh, despite the fact that it's just six points, but just when we look at the schedule, still have to go away at Galtzray. Uh, Galtzray haven't lost away in almost two full seasons. Um, I think the last time Galtzray won at home, so, uh, lost at home, sorry, it was against Besiktas, mm-hmm. I think, two seasons ago. I think so, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, and even so, in in home and away, unbeaten in the last fifteen, which is which is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, Bistesh, uh unbeaten in the last 12. Uh, I think they probably has have the best run of form in the second half of the season. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, they have the 30 points. points total right now, so I think they have the most points, yeah. But, uh, yeah, realistically, can we still say they are a title contender at this point, or do they need at least one more slip-up from Bashak to be realistically considered a title contender? Uh, I, I, for me, the books were closed like in December. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely need it, it. They need too many things to go their way. Too many slip ups. Yeah. Um. To 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 win the title, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they need they need they need to win everything. Yeah. There's no excuse. As soon as they mess up once, it's 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 over. Yeah. And and with that game away at Galstrai, it's going to be extremely tough. Burak, do you still believe in miracles? You sexy thing. You sexy thing. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I do. Um, I do. I think it's not completely out of the picture for Besiktas to to win the title. It's going to take a lot of factors going the right way for them. Um, least of all, beating Galatasaray in the the Telecom Arena. But I th- I think ultimately, like I said last week, it's going to come down to the game between Galatasaray and Basak Shahir. That's going to be the title decider for me. And but. I wouldn't be surprised if Besiktas sneak second place. So I think that maybe we could be looking at a potential Galatasaray winning the league with Besiktas finishing second. Oh, that would be marvellous. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I still... It could could happen. I I, I just don't see Besiktas ending outside of the top two at this point. I think... If 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 Bishis are gonna finish second, it'll it, it'll be over Galtz, right? I, I I just can't see I just can't see that happen. Uh, no, but anyway, uh, yeah, let's, that'll do it for this week's uh, coverage of the matches. I we can have a quick look at the table, maybe, um, but not all that much changed, of course, because except for Erzurum at the bottom, uh, there weren't any uh, massive amounts of points gained there. Uh, so let's have a quick look at the bottom of the table. Let's start there first with the bottom four because those are the real relegation candidates. I'm not even counting Fenerbahce at this point. They're four points ahead of Bursa Sport at this point still. So I, I don't think that should they should be counted. But uh, number uh, 15 is Bursa Sport and they have 29 points. Then we have Erzurum Sport with 28 points in 16 position, the first drop-off spot. Then at the second drop-off spot, we of course have Gustepe who have been on 27 points for quite a few weeks now um and then the dead bottom is akisar so right now it's really all between bursa spore erzurum spore and gustepe 
uh, one of two of those teams are going to go down. That's almost certain. So it just remains to be seen who of those two is going to go down. Then let's switch over to the top five in uh, in, in in the league, which is going to probably determine uh, the European spots. Uh, if if Galatasaray were to win the cup at least, then number five would go to Europe as well. Uh, still league leaders are Bashak here with 62 points, then Galatasaray sneaking up behind them, just three points behind with 59 points, Besiktas another three point drop off, six points off the leaders and three points off of Galatasaray are in third with 56 points, and then there's a four point drop off to Trabzonspor who are in fourth with 52 points, and then we have an 11 point drop off to fifth place which is being shared currently by the two um, Beach City team, so to speak, Alanya and Antalya, both on 41 points, but Alanya Sport have the better goal differential, although I do think that head-to-head -head, Antalya are ahead against um, Alanya, so if it would end like this, I think Antalya would take fourth, um, fifth, sorry, so if Galtrai win the cup, uh, it could be either one of these two that, uh, that that still head into Europe because then there's a three-point drop-off already to a bunch of teams, three teams in fact that have 38 points, which are uh, Rizespor, Yeni Malatya, and and Kasim Pasha. I could still see Rizespor uh, sneak in there for sure for fifth place, but uh, but Kasim Pasha and Yeni Malatya they they just haven't uh, been uh, impressive enough. So uh, anything to add to the, the league table, guys, or can we call it quits for episode 10, the historical episode 10? Uh, I say let's call it quits for today, but keep a very close eye on that race for fifth. Yeah. Yes, um, let's keep an eye on, on that indeed. Um, like you say, Fenerbahce are four points ahead of Borsa. So really we should be able to not be embroiled in a relegation battle, but yeah. mathematically we still are. And I think they're just looking too much at each other right now. Borsa, Gustepe and Ezrum are just... You know, they're too caught up with each other. I don't think I, any of them are looking up past Bursa Spor. I think right now it's just place 15. That's safety. That's where they want to be. But, yep, yeah, it's going to be um, interesting going into the last five games of the season. And I just hope that we play some nice football to give our fans something to cheer about and ignore, you know, the absolute monstrosity that's been our season so far. <laughs> Yeah, that'll do it for uh, episode 10, people. Uh, please check the show notes. You can find uh, the Twitter handles of Burak, of Uzar, and of myself, of course, in there. You can follow us on Twitter. Interact with us. Let us know what you think. Who is going to win the championship this season? Is it going to be Rishakshir? Is it going to be Galtrai? Or is a miracle going to happen? Is it going to be Bishiktash? Um, and then, of course... Who are going to be those final two teams to drop off? I think at this point, Akistar seems clear. But this is going to be Gustepe. Is it going to be Erzurum or is it going to be Bursaspor? One of those three is going to survive. But two of those three are going to go down. Let us know what you think. And uh, that'll do it for this week. Burak, thank you very much. Uzzer, thank you very much. And I'll speak thank to you, you guys again next week. Have a very good evening. Speak to you all soon, gentlemen. Next week. Bye-bye.